of the Lord to us is that we must get my house in order is what the word is. And of course, we know that there's three more houses that we have to deal with. First is the individual. Part of the job of the apostle is to set your life in order in house number one and house number two. The two divinely instituted ordained, ordained institutions in the earth is house number two, the domestic realm, marriage, and then house number three, the ecclesia. These are things that God ordained, and they're holy. Some people call it holy matrimony. But what ranks holy matrimony in house number two is holy is the Lord. And we know that the, every time you read the word Lord in the Old Testament, we know that they hid over 7,000 times the memorial name that God demands us call him as Yahweh. 7,000 times. It bothered me that 7,000 times they hid that name with the term the Lord. So we've talked about several things and about getting our lives in order. And I know, like the rest of us know, that usually when Yahweh deals with us, it is temporary. And we can slowly get lukewarm and go back to the same old mud wallow we were in. It's easier to fall than it is to not fall. Can you say amen to that? It's easy to fall. I can push you down a lot easier than I can stand you up. But we know that in this process that Yahweh is telling us, modern Christendom has denied us the opportunity to qualify for a well done or immortality. By telling us or not telling us what Yahshua Demands are. He has demands and they won't tell us that. They just say we're going to die and go to heaven. We ask Jesus in our heart. Not even knowing. I thought I said something on Facebook today. I'm like, you know, everybody's afraid. Everybody's talking about pulling the statues down and all that and, and, and hiding or trying to make us forget the true history. Well, I'm going to tell you something. It's no, your, your grandchildren are not going to experience any less lying about their history as you were lied to about your history. You think that just started with a Democratic Party when Trump got into office or something like that? History has been rewritten, and we've all been, if you want to call it brainwashed or whatever, about a certain mentality, just like every culture does. The thing that bothers me isn't of the statues that they're pulling down with my southern heritage. I'm more concerned about the idols that we have in our own life that we won't tear down. I'm more concerned about the fact that my Sunday school teacher lied to me. Innocently, how many of you know when you're educated your whole life in a cultural way and the education system is, is teaching you a certain thing, that's who you're going to be. Because we innocently just accept what people say. And by doing that, there is brought an order, a sense of, a sense of order and peace to the world. Our society has order and peace based on a culture that was invented and, and established and taught and put in our lives. I'm going to tell you what you can do right now. You can go somewhere and we could start a line, let's say, at a grocery store or somewhere. We're just going to stand in line. We can start a line and I'll tell you what people will do in America. They'll go get right in the back of that line. You know why? 
Because your kindergarten teacher said, shh, put your hand behind your back. Shh. And in little Joel's case, she grabbed him by the neck and jerked him around. But uh, I remember that. Yeah, she did. Shh. What did they say? Get in line. Get in line. Man, we get in line about everything. I was thinking the other day, I was driving up on 35th Street where they just winded. And, and so I was coming east on 35th Street, going across Pine Street. And now they got it where you can, there's, four, there's two, more, two lanes going where you used to have to kind of fight your way in. And I noticed that everybody got in a lane. Not one person straddled the white line. Not one. Well, I've been in third world countries. And it's miraculous. Because they don't have any lines in their roads. They just go. Well, they do have one thing, a horn. Beep, 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 beep. Listen, I want to tell you what. People here, would, they, would, they would have a meltdown. Because people there don't care if it hurts your feelings or not. One way Jesus. You know what I'm saying? They don't have, they just go. Beep, 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 beep. And it's, it's amazing how they don't have that many wrecks. We have this whole system. And it creates a mentality that in the core of what you are and what you do and what controls what you say you believe, and it's your go-to every time. So when I'm relating something that's going to cause me to, to have a reaction or to act upon something, what, my core, what I really believe down inside is what I'm going to act on. And so what I've been trying to do is renew our minds. Our confession of believing the true gospel has to be realized in our everyday living. Or, as the Bible says, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. If the Word isn't powerful enough to become flesh in us and dwell in our decisions and our perceptions and our, how we make choices and what we do and what motivates and drives us, then you've got nothing but knowledge. You know what knowledge does? Nothing but puff you up. And, you know, knowledge makes somebody think they, they know something. People who believe that Yahshua's kingdom is going to be on the earth has a whole different mindset about how they deal with things. Choices that they make. How they live their life. What they sacrifice and don't sacrifice. If you believe that all you're going to do when you die is just go to heaven, then guess what? You're going to have that kind of mentality. And you're probably going to not notice how nice Yahweh's lawn is. You probably won't notice all the trash that may be in the front of somewhere or walk in the house of God. You probably won't even notice it because, hey, we're only here. <laughs> I tell you what, I, I, when, I was, when I was younger, people taught that false doctrine called the rapture. It's so false. It's so false that people are going to believe that when Yahshua comes and sits in the throne of Jerusalem, they have given all the things that Daniel... And Ezekiel prophesied about his, him sitting on that throne, and they called it an antichrist, which we know that's not a man. But they're going to be so deceived that they're going to believe that Yeshua is an antichrist, or the antichrist is going to set up. That's how deceiving it is, and it can be. We have to have that mentality that, that makes us understand that, that when you have a mentality like the rapture, let's say, hey, we're... And if I told you that Yahshua was coming in one year, let me tell you what the, your, you know, a possibility of mentality would be. I'd go get a bunch of credit cards, and I'd max them all out. 
I would go get me the biggest boat they would loan me money on. I'd be driving a Rolls or whatever your thing is. You know why? Because we only got one year left. And then we're going to heaven. Screw the earth. I'm going to be in debt. I don't care. I'm out of here. I'm going to be in, in heaven. Because our mentality provokes or evokes that type of core mindset. I'm not going to be here. Well, I'm not going to be here much longer. So how many of you know that most people who have the mentality they're not going to be here much longer aren't going to be as good a stewards over something as somebody that thinks they're going to be there for a long time? Y'all listening to me? All through the Bible, all of these men that God called were required to build him a great temple, a great sanctuary. Even the, wilderness, the, the tabernacle in the wilderness, though it was a tent, it wasn't just your average Walmart Eureka pop-up tent. I'll tell you what, I, when I was getting to camping <laughs> one night, one night me and Joel were into camping, and we went all the way, I mean, we went way out to that part of the property right up there. <laughs> he, kept, he still kept me up snoring now. He was like three, 30 feet away from me. It's amazing Joel's tent did this. Kind of tent I like. I like those kind of tents. I never had one, but this is kind of, if, if I ever do, which, okay, I'm not going to ever do it, but I'll tell you, I like the kind of tent. Now, what you do, it just folds up, and you just do that, and it says, pop, pop. Now, that's a pop-up tent to me. No, the tabernacle in the wilderness was not a pop-up tent, guys. It had skin upon skin. You read the kind of skin that he required to put on that tent, you'll notice it just wasn't laying around at the uh, the, the Sinai Desert Lowe's location. Where did they get badger pelts? Where did they get these skins from? I mean, what? How did they get the colors and the dyes? So it wasn't just a, a convenient little place where we just let the, you know, it's temporary. We have a temporary dwelling for God, you know, it's going to be temporary. These men built great temples. What I've been trying to do for a long time is develop in us a kingdom on earth mindset. So I'm right in the middle. I got people that don't believe it. Then I got people that believe the kingdom of God is already here. And they're already in the kingdom. And I always have this to say to them. I grab them somewhere around the chest. I forget the term and don't yell it out if you know what it is. And I pinch them in the area right in this area. And I twist real hard. Don't say it out loud. And they usually yell or slap my hand away. And I said, you're not in the kingdom yet. They said, what do you mean? So the Bible says flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. You're still flesh and blood. So we see, though, that we have to have that mentality. If we really are convinced and we believe that Yahshua is coming here and his, he will bring his reward with him, and that if he goes away, he's going he's gonna, gonna, to gonna gather us to where he, that we may be where he is also, where is he going to be? Here, in the clouds, you, we already talked about that. The trump, the shout, the trump, and the being in the clouds. So I'm trying to develop this idea. I'm trying to renew our visual to get us off of those flannel board things of how we always dreamed about something and wanting something. I gotta tell you, that fantasy world that people live in, that white picket fence mentality will keep you from enjoying the reality of the blessing of God on your life because you're trying to live up and embrace something that does not exist. 
Did you all hear what I just said? It's trying to reach the top of something that you can't reach. And you'll live in disappointment your whole life. If I, if I could just have this. And so we have to break down those things in our mind and, and say, no, that, that doesn't exist or that, doesn't, that isn't real. Heaven-minded people use this, and I hear it all the time. Know ye not you're the temple of the Holy Ghost? House number one. House number one, you're the temple of the Holy Ghost. But because they think that, they don't believe that there's anything in the natural that needs to be done, that needs to be, uh, they don't even have to have good works because Yahshua already did all of that. He's done everything for you. All you got to do is sign up and get your welfare check and get your heavenly reward. Of course, we're the temple of the Holy Ghost. And the mindset today is stronger than it's ever been. And I believe it's a sign of the last days. And that's this. We don't need to go to church to be a Christian. We're the temple of the Holy Ghost. We don't need a building. It's not necessary. Why? Because we are the temple and we're going to heaven. I can get off on this. I want you to know that my, what my, my goal is today. My intention today is to make us realize and become not heaven-minded people, but people who are earth-minded. You know the saying, you've heard this before, there are people that are so heavenly minded when I go to heaven. You know, you've heard me say this before, and I'm going to repeat it for those who are new viewers. We've had, we have several. And that is, people can't wait to go to heaven to see their mama. Can't go, I can't see mama. And yet they didn't go visit her while she was here. You're kidding yourself. But we have that visions of grandeur, you know. The fact is, our society is a society concerned over just ourselves, And don't you believe, and don't you think for a minute that this COVID-19 thing hadn't put a whole new shift, paradigm shift, about the way that people do things. You know what I'm saying? They go, wait a minute. Corporations are saying, why do we have these multi-multi-million dollar buildings when we can just let them do it at home? Technology has caused us to be, to... Not have to have places to gather to do anything anymore. The fact is, there's some people that listen to me all the time. But you hear my words, but you don't obey the word of the Lord. You think you can sit on your couch and just have knowledge? Well, you think you can have church because you're the temple. Well, this is the temple of God on earth. And if you're not a member here, then... You haven't completed the purpose. I'm not saying we're the only one. You understand what I'm saying, right? You can't just send money. Why? Because this is the ultimate and the culmination of house number one and house number two. We do that and we bring those things as a sacrifice to God's temple. To the tabernacle of God. And I know this flies in the face of people. Because in our society that we're so liberal-minded, we think we can do anything we want, any way we want, and they have not listened to the demands of Christ. The way of Cain is this. He just did it the way he wanted to and not the way God said. And look, it's easy to do. We can justify anything, especially in this great country where we're so prosperous that you don't even have to work and you can make money. We, do, we got our homes, we got our cars, and I got to throw, we got 
We got our devotion to our lawns. And I hope you can understand that the illustration I'm using right now is another mental picture that you can see that will help us understand how we're getting things in order. Not just in some ethereal, spooky, unseen thing that was floating around. Oh yeah, I'm a spiritual being. And it never affects the flesh. Oh, we get things in order. Okay, I got things in order. But yet there's, you have nothing tangible. You're showing it in no way tangible. It's just this thing between you and God. You and God, me and God. Hey, look, I'm getting it in order. I'm working on it. All of these things that we, that we do in our real life, I said our real life, the things that we're really worshiping, the things we really give our lick, that's what worship, the proscunio is the word, and it literally means this. Yeah, when I, years ago when I was studying about worship and stuff, I was trying to find out what worship was. I thought it was going to be the lifting of hands and the praising, the opening of the mouth. And No, it's, it's the example that explains worship is the licking, a dog licking his master's hand. You know why a dog licks his master, master's hand? Because there was residue of some food on there, I guarantee you. You know what I'm saying? He, he looks to his master for everything. He adores him. He don't bite his hand. He licks it. That's worship. And it's not, and we can see, people can come to church and say, we're worshiping. We're worshiping. Look at the word. No. You can't come here and worship if you hadn't in your everyday life, in, in your real life, worshiped. That's why you have to go over there before you can come in here to really worship God. you gotta, you got to say this. I, I'm going to serve others bread, and I'm going to serve God wine. That's what that means. I'm going to come do I'm going to serve others, and I'm going to serve God. I'm, sometimes I watch, and I say, yeah, I know why we're avoiding that. Because it ain't real to you. It ain't real. Your real world is out there. What you you believe, what you think, what you spend your money on, what's important, it's out there. Come in here, don't realize, i got to serve people in here. i got to serve God. I've got to have holy hands before the Lord. Before I can bring my offering, tithe is God's. But before I can bring my offering, i got to make things right with other people. Do you understand? That's the real world. Not that world out there where you pout when somebody looks at you wrong. I appreciate some of the words we had Wednesday night about. Look, we we got to quit being offended over every stupid little thing. And if you understood that Yeshua was really going to be here. And that we are going to go welcome the king here. What's that word, Joel? Arpeccio or something like that? We're going to welcome him. He's really coming. If we really believe that. It changes the way we live. That's why when I told people, you know, when I, uh, when I, when I thought Yeshua was coming. Like, huh? He may not come then. But we should be living every day with the understanding and the core belief that, yeah, he's going to literally come here and he's going to evade this world. You see what I'm saying? Really? It's going to really happen? Not this still, well, because in our core sometimes we, everything's out there. God's out there, and he can't see him, and, and we don't really buy into the fact, no, we're going to be here with real people. There's going to be a real world going on here. There's going to be real happenings here. People are going to go on in their daily life and have jobs. They're still going to farm here when Yahshua reigns. It's not going to be, well, I don't even need to eat. Some of, you, some of us don't need to eat now. Watch this. 
All of those things point to a desire to make our own environment comfortable. And I believe to look good to others, for others. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. What you have, you want to make it be comfortable. And you want it to look good for others. But let's talk about the same devotion we should have to making sure that we take care of God's house as well. Just flip it. Well, we go there, but I'm going to read us some scripture. I'm not going to predict this is going to be short today, but it could be. I want to go to, where am I at here? I believe it's Daniel chapter 1. Let me just read it to you here. In the second year of King Darius in the sixth month, on the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest. And this is what he said. Thus speaks the Lord of hosts, saying, This people says, The time has not come, the time that the Lord's house shall be built. Then the word of the Lord came to by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses, and for his temple to lie in ruins? Now therefore, says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have so much and bring in little. Listen to this. You have so much, but you bring in little. You eat but you don't have enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You clothe yourself, but no one's warm. He who earns wages, earns wages to put into a bag with holes. Thus said the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the mountains and bring wood and build the temple that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord. Now I want you to look at something. Yeshua wants a house that's on the earth built that he can take pleasure in and be glorified in. And I want to tell you, most people are either on one end of the spectrum or the other believing this, that that is not necessary today. You don't need that. What do you need all that for? He said, you look for much, but indeed it, it came to little. And when you brought it home, it blew away. Why? He's talking about the blessings of God on us. Can't tell the difference. I wonder what's going on. I do this and all that doesn't happen. What's going on? Maybe is it, this is the problem. And in getting his house in order, I think we got to start at his house. That's what I think. Listen to this. So my house, because my house that is in ruins, while every one of you runs to your own house. Therefore, the heavens above you withhold the dew, and the earth withholds its fruits. That got my attention. When I read stuff like that, it gets my attention. Okay. Because i got to tell you, I'm not living up to the full potential of what God promises. What am I doing wrong? Let me check myself. Am I taking the wrong pill? Am I not doing exercising right? Am I do what am I doing? Because when you get your life in order, you have to look at things that may be out of order. Because when I hear the word out of order, guess what I hear? Something ain't working. For I, for I call for a drought on the land and the mountains and on the grain and the new wine and the oil and on whatever the ground brings forth, on men and livestock, and on all the labor of your hands. Whew, got my attention. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, then Joshua, the son of Jehoshaphat, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people, obeyed the voice of the Lord their God, and the words of Haggai the prophet, as the Lord their God had sent him, and the people feared the presence of the Lord. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, spoke the Lord's message and said this, I'm with you, says the Lord. 
It wasn't some secret prayer meeting where people went into a trance or, or they fell out in the spirit, which I'm not against any of that. They literally put God's house first. A physical structure on a piece of real estate made out of materials that God said, I want to go there and be glorified there. And he goes on to say, when they did it, then he said, listen, this. people feared the presence of the Lord. You know, I saw a day years ago when I was a young man. I saw this place of worship. That people would come. And nobody would even be that were sick. Just as the real worship took place. And remember, I'm not just talking about during a song service. That people would be healed. You wouldn't even lay hands on people because it wouldn't be a man's gifting that did it. It would be a people, people, a people who, who created a place for the habitation of the presence of Yahweh. And I'm going to tell you, wherever Yahweh shows up, there's no sickness that can remain. Y'all hear me? Yeah, I might be delusional, but it's got me this far. I may be out of my mind, but it's got me this far. The prophet told him. Yahweh told him, I'm with you. I want him with me. You hear me? Not just this thing that I'm hoping for and, you know, because I'm a good person, I'm just going to keep doing it anyhow. And that's fact. Had somebody tell me a while back, I just don't even know if I believe in God anymore. I said, oh, okay, that's fair. You better just keep doing the right thing. Don't stop doing the right thing because when you do, it will cause a, a, a section of your sowing There'll be a gap in your reaping. I've seen many people walk out of this house and turn from God and say, Hey, things are great. I'm not even tithing anymore. My life hadn't changed. I'm like, you fool. That's because you're still getting crops from the seed that you've planted. And how many of you know, you can go two or three seasons and still those things will crop up. There'll be leftover stuff that'll just come up out of the ground. But I want to guarantee you this. What you have not sown, you will not reap. Are you trying to scare people? I sure am. I'm trying to scare them to death of disobeying God. I want them to be so afraid that they're going to die and not have the blessing of God. Now, does the rain fall on the just and on the unjust? Yeah. But it doesn't come without disruption in our minds. You can have all the money and things going great and still be miserable. I see it every day of my life. People with all kind of money and they're just as miserable as can be. Verse 14 says, So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Sheetel, governor of Judah, the spirit of Joshua, the high, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. And they came and they worked on the house of the Lord of hosts, their God, on the 24th day of the sixth month in the second year of King Darius. Psalm 132, if you'll go there for me, Chris, if we can do that this morning. Verses 3 through 5. A passion for the house of Yahweh. A passion for the house of Yahweh. Surely I will not come into the tabernacle of my house, and I'll not even go to my bed. I will not give sleep to mine eyes or slumber to my eyelids until I find out a place for the Lord, a habitation for the mighty God of Jacob. I believe people who say they're Christians, do more for their pet than they do God. I, I promise this is the true. 
true, and I don't care if you get mad at me or not, really, but somebody on Facebook today celebrated their cat's 10th birthday. You are kidding me. Happy birthday, Fluffy. We hope it's a wonderful day. You know how much money you spend on pets? I'm not against animals and pets. Bevy is. She's, she's, against, she's not against the dog. She, she's against their droppings. Can you say amen? David had a passion for Yahweh's house. And not some spiritual prayer closet. Hallelujah. And I just experienced God in my cars. I'm driving to work every day listening to talk radio. And in between there, oh, I love you, Lord. What about Trump? And you're letting that. Listen, when y'all listen to all that trash, let me tell you what it's doing. It's creating a mindset in who you are. You better guard your mind about all that stuff because what will be, you, you won't have nothing else to be able to talk about or anything else to be able to say because that's what's coming in and that's all that will come out. Oh, that we would fill our minds with the passion for the house of God and the things of God. I think that our lives would change drastically. That one ideal will come in from the roof. Brother Alfio, you know, he was right, wasn't he? I have different secrets. Charlotte's seven years, excuse me. Charlotte's a little older than me. Joel's a little younger than me. Same seven years. So I have a life with her, but I also have a life with him. And we have these things that we can just look at each other. And she and I have these things that David could not tolerate the fact that as king of Israel, that he was going to be able to build himself this unbelievably opulent palace. I mean, here we the king's castle. While God's dwelling in a simple little tent. Drove David nuts. You let me tell you why? Because he understood and had a mentality about a king coming here. And not everything is up there. Oh, somebody said, man, Jesus is on the throne. I said, number one, that ain't his name. And if you were, he said, I'm a friend of Jesus. I said, well, if you were, you would know his real name. I've never had a good friend tell me, I kept calling him Bill, 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 and his name was Tom. He never, he, a good friend would say, hey, look, man, I appreciate you. Just call me Tom. And number two, he's not on the throne. Yeshua is not on the throne. He might be on the throne of your heart, if you want to call it that. He's sitting up there and on your heart, that little bone in your heart, and his legs are swinging. Into my heart, Jesus, come into my heart. He's there just swinging his legs, sitting on that little bone. Are y'all hearing me? Well, he's in my heart. What? As a kid, I got that. That's the mentality I had. Ask Jesus, he comes in. He gets on that little bone in my heart, just swings his legs, just like that. He can't reach the floor either. <laughs> Unlike him. Dude, how big are you, anyhow? Huh? Big. He big. Look, I'm going to stand up here. I hope you come meet me after church. I'm going to stand up there, though, okay? I'm sure you'll be able to reach me. Glad you're here, though. He couldn't stand the fact. He's up here living like a king. And the presence of God is in a tent. Oh, this isn't an illustration. This is reality. Well, God, 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 his, his footstool on earth and blah, 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 blah. No, 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 no. We're talking about us. How we're serving God and what we think about the king. See, Yeshua's throne is here. 
And if you think the only throne and temple in the earth when he's come is going to be in Jerusalem, you're mistaken. I'm going to talk to you about something if I get to it this morning, about this. Yahshua, I mean the, the, the presence of God, where God dwelled in that tabernacle, was the same tabernacle that had been used since the Exodus. And gave nobody cared. We, man, we're blessed. Look how we're blessed. God, God's blessing us. Oh yeah, God, you stay out there in the yard in that tent that's been here since the Exodus. That's your place. But your blessing, look what I have now. I got a nice house. I love the story when the Ark of the Covenant was brought in Jerusalem to its resting place. When David saw that, because he had a passion for having a place for God to corporately dwell among the people. Because that's how God really dwells in the, in the midst of the congregation. Not just in your little car or your little, while you're exercising. Shonda Baka, Shonda Baka, I'll do it while I'm doing this because I ain't got nothing else to do but watch the TV I can't hear. And I'm bored to death so I guess I can pray in tongues. Okay, passion for God's house. You got you've given to get. Oh, God ain't working in me. I don't know what the problem is. That's because, that's because it works like this. His corporate presence in the midst of the congregation is where he will be, where he's exalted is where all our needs will be met. When he saw that, this is the true story. He stripped down to his underwear and danced in the streets. Now, we're going to ban that rule here. We're suspending that rule. I don't know if we can see. Take all the jiggling of us guys jiggling around here. His public display for the affection for the divine order of God being resting in a place, corporate place, was so extreme, his wife despised it. She hated it. 2 Samuel 6, chapter 6 is where this is at. But let me tell you about what a man of God is. He don't care what his wife thinks when it comes to the things of God. Hey, why not? You usually don't care what she thinks when it comes to things you want to do anyhow, so what's the big deal? When you become a real man of God, your wife ain't going to be a problem to you. Hello? That don't mean that, that you won't be a problem to her, maybe. He's passionate, man. He danced in the street. He broke it down. I mean, his wife was saying, oh, my God. And because she despised it, she became barren. Think about it. You know why? Because he believed that God deserved the best. I hope I'm changing your, a mindset for you. Because most American churches believe that God was created for them instead of them created for God. For all things were created for him and his pleasure. This is for, okay, Johnny. How can I get more money? How can I be blessed? How can it mean my mama, my mama? I said, What do y'all give away at church to draw people? I said, I think I got it wrong because I expect people to come and give. I ain't giving nothing away. We come and give to the house of Yahweh. He knew, he knew that God deserved the best. His God. I said, His God. Your God will get the best. 
If you love fishing, you're going to get the best rod and reels. If you like hunting, you're going to get the best rifle. If you like cars, you're going to get the best car. If you like houses, you're going to... You'll hear what I'm saying. Our God will always get the best, and that's how you can find out who your God is. So guess what he did? He located some property. To do what? To build God a temple, a house. And this is what... I want you to go to 2 Samuel 24, 24. This is a scripture that has meant more to me than you will ever know. But I hope you can have a glimpse of what this scripture means to me. And this is relevant. Somebody that only has $5, $100 is a lot. Do you understand that? Huh? You only got $5? Somebody gives you $100? That's huge. I remember people, I've had people... Tell me in the years past, you know, hey, I'm making $500 a week now. Well, the guy that makes $2,000 or $2,500 a week, that's no big deal. But the guy who was making $100 a week, who got up to $500, it's a huge deal. Is that fair to say? Huh? Is that fair to say? 24-24. And the king said unto Arunah, nay, but I will surely buy it. Of thee at a price. Neither will I offer burnt offerings unto the Lord my God of that which doth cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. This is big to me. See, David could have negotiated because he's king. He could have got his preacher's discount. Ever heard of that? Well, I'm going to give you a preacher's discount. No, I don't want you to give me a preacher's discount. Because if you come to our church, I'm not going to give you a tithe discount. Y'all hear me? That preacher discount. Get the best deal we can get. Watch out get. I'm not against having a good, a, bad, a good deal. Rather than throwing his, who he was around to get a good deal, guess what he said? I insist to pay full price. I'm like, why? David had a passion for the house of God. This building ain't much to a lot of people. A lot of people have big buildings, man. This is what I think it's like 22,000 square feet. When I got this property, I have nothing. I had, had nothing. Bought, bought the land. By faith. By faith. It's by faith. And we got this property. So then it came time to say, what are we going to do? I know what David did. Could have built a metal building. Be paid for by now. You hear me? Could have built a metal building. Be paid for by now. Could have made it easier, you know, no pressure on people. And, you know, I've had people tell me this, sell the building. Yeah, just sell the building, man. You can, you can pocket money and all this stupid stuff that I have thought about. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, what? Why didn't you build a metal building? Why did you do? And then I remembered why. Because I wanted to build Yahweh the best that I couldn't even build. I wanted to give him the best that I couldn't even afford. And it's cost me. My lifestyle could be way different today. And I'm not boasting or complaining. I'm magnifying my God. Because here in Oak, Florida, there is a place. And it was the best I could do. When we, when we went to the bank, <laughs> they said, what? We can't even give you that. Oh, oh then you must not be the one. 
I looked at Chris. I said, let's go somewhere else. If you had any idea, you would probably think I was out of my mind. And I am. Because as meager as this may seem to some, it's been beyond miraculous. You just don't know. But it's a burnt offering. Let me tell you this. Because there are expenditures that really just burn it unto God. When I could have gone cheaper and consumed upon my own self. Y'all hear me today? Are you, what, are you bragging? No. I'm boasting in Him. I'm boasting in Him and the sacrifice on the altar to Him to have Him a great house, a great place. And then when I sit back and watch some people let it lie in ruins, then I, I just do it myself. Thank God. I just appreciate Like I say, and I know, look, I'm using the grounds as, an, as a thing. Y'all know this time of the year, y'all know how the grass is. It's demonic. Right, Jeff? It's just nuts. But I'm trying to move you to a mentality about what we're doing now that shows what we really believe. I wouldn't be surprised if this wouldn't be my meeting place when I rule and reign with Yeshua. Why would he move me to Hawaii? Just because Bevy wants to go there. I said, you can have Hawaii. I'm staying. My gifting and calling, is this it? Is this where I'm supposed to be? Well, I'm ready. Hey, Yahshua. Come, come, Yahshua. We can hold your first service, your first visit. We can have it right here. Oh, I know. I know we need, some, we need to get the air conditioner fixed there. And I'm going to tell you what we don't have. What we don't have, we're going to have a pretty yard if you come today. Come here, Jesus. <laughs> here, Jesus. Look! Look! Look, Jesus! Jesus! Jesus gave me the thumbs up. Well done. You false prophet. You know Jesus ain't his name. Get, you learned nothing from me. Get over there. No. Hey. Come here. Come here. I want to, I want to show you this. I'm going to show you this. Poppy, Poppy, look, Poppy. Look, Poppy, look, Poppy, 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 look. Yeshua, look. Look what we've done. Look what we've done for you. A place where you can come, where you want to come in your presence, dwell. David had a passion, man. The problem is, God said, okay, you got the property, but you're not going to build the house. And I don't want to get into all that. But he was willing to. There's many times I got off. What do you want me to do, God? I'll go, I'll go there, Lord. I will. You want me to go on there? You want me to, you want me to go back on TV, God, and do that? You want me, Lord, what do you want me to do? Let me what do. No, I don't want you to do that. I want you to make a great house. A great ecclesia to the, to the glory of God. Right here. Do this. Will you do this? Yes, sir. I can do something else, though. What if, you, what if I'm bored? What if I'm bored? Be bored to the glory of God. Just rest, Johnny. You're not responsible for the whole world. You don't have to go here and go there and go there. You Right where you are, you build me a great ecclesia to the glory of God. That I can come even before Yahshua returns and manifest my glory. I'm going to tell you what, if the grass ain't cut and the hedge, the hedge ain't trimmed, he ain't going to stop. I'm, I'm, I'm being dead serious. You think he's going to come somewhere where you ain't prepared? We ain't prepared for him? We think, oh, not so long at all, whatever. Oh, boss is coming to dinner? What did David do? <laughs> Listen to what he did. He set about to make all the preparations for construction in order for Solomon, his son, to have a good head start when he got inaugurated as king. What did he do? He fathered 
and he prepared the way for sons. Y'all hearing me today? David was passionate, man. He was passionate. David's son, Joshua, son of David, Yahshua was passionate about the temple of God. And though he predicted that not one stone of it, Matthew 24, would not be left upon another because God's judgment came against the impure worship that took place in the Roman Empire, he used them to come and destroy that temple. Yahshua did his best to bring purity to it and make it a place, a literal place, where God's presence would be. We even know what he did with the money changers. And he wasn't gentle about it either. He didn't go in there and say, I don't want to offend anybody, but if y'all don't mind, I mean, y'all just want to say nothing. No, he went in there. I'm trying to think. I don't know. I think he might have made the whips. Think about that. That's premeditated. I'll tell you what I'm going to do right now. He's making whips. Give me some of that leather over there. Give me a, where's my cowboy belt? Where's my switch? And he went in there. He used those and he overturned the tables they used to carry out their shady commerce. Me, mine, what I'm doing, how I'm doing it for myself. John chapter 2, verses 13 through 16. Man, you, nobody can ever forget how Yahshua went and cleansed the temple. You know why? Because he was passionate about that house of God that represented the glory of God, a place. Psalm 69.9 and John chapter 2, verse 17. Will you put Psalm 69.9 up there for me? We'll just look at that one. Watch this. Yahshua also said it in chapter 2 of, of John. For the zeal of thine house has eaten me up. The zeal of thine house has eaten me up. Let me tell you what that's talking about. That ain't talking about your, your little temple of the Holy Ghost. And it ain't talking about your house over there, wherever street you may live on. He's saying, the house, the zeal, the zeal of thine house has eaten me up. One scripture says, the zeal for your house will consume me. This morning, how about us? I don't want anybody to bring a whip to worship to the church next week. But I thought about, well, maybe a mop in a bucket. Maybe a mop in a bucket or, you know, maybe a gallon of paint or maybe a broom. And I'm using that not literally, maybe not literally, but as a mindset about the house of God. Now, Shua, it's interesting to me that the terminology used was this. He cleansed the temple. Let me tell you a good American word for that. He cleaned it. Well, Johnny, we don't have clean. Yeah, we got, we got that. I'm talking about you having a mindset about what this is. That it's just not some place where you can come and sit your butt in air-conditioned padded seats and come and what. This is a place of serving others and serving God. That we don't get so complacent that we just think it's, it's just whatever. And that our goal is to create a habitation for God's presence. Otherwise, all that we're doing is putting things in pockets with holes in them. What I'm hoping for is that the same zeal for Yahweh's house that consumed David and that consumed David's son, Yahshua HaMashiach ben David, I mean son of David, Yahshua the Messiah, son of David, that son consumed him. And I'm asking that in order for us to really be, get our lives in order, that that same zeal 
will consume us, me and you. The fact is, wherever there is a building where the true gospel is purely preached and purely heard and purely obeyed, that is the place where a true ecclesia exists. Even if it swarms with many faults, you heard it just said, we all got a long way to go. But we ain't where we used to be. Can you say amen for that? Think about it. This is what Yahweh says. As long as we take care of His house, He will take care of our house and our needs. We have some good friends who were uppity-ups in Amway years ago. And whenever business was down, they would always bring me money. Because there, a guy over Amway, I don't want to mention his name on here or whatever, but he said, you need to go pay the preacher. All they knew is that was a principle that worked. They understood, hey, house of God, you got it. Yeah, they understood it. They didn't really understand why, but they knew, hey, do that. We know that if you sow, you're going to reap. You take care of God's house, he's going to take care of our house. Your purse is not going to have holes in it. You'd be surprised about how much doesn't need repairing as much. We had this, washer, this dishwasher. Dishwasher was always a loud dishwasher. I didn't pay the extra $6 to get the quiet one, I guess. We used it for years, and it just quit working one day. I mean, it just quit working. We procrastinated, procrastinated, procrastinated. Since I wasn't washing dishes, it didn't bother me. But uh, procrastinated a year. A year! We hadn't been able to get that thing to work. It may have been longer than that, but I don't, a year's enough to feel bad about. And I'll tell you something. I, I just said, man, I don't want to get no new dishwasher. Well, you know, dishwashers aren't $200 anymore. Y'all know what? Maybe well, like twenty, like two thousand dollars for a dishwasher. I'm like, well, you know, really? I hope I can take a bath in it with it. But, and I said, I just, Yahweh, I don't want a new dishwasher. And I want to, this thought came to my mind. It was God or not God, whatever. I went over there. I pushed that, closed that dishwasher. I messed, mashed the button, and it came on. It just came on. So I started to stop it. I ain't gonna stop it. I wonder if we can open the door and put the dishes in while it's still running. Of course, I had to turn it off. And that thing worked for how many more years, honey? Bunch. Five? Is that exaggerating? Huh? It was like five more years of loud. It was still loud. I didn't pray for the quiet part. That's coincidence, Johnny. I don't care what it is. It didn't work, but now it does. Any way you slice it. I once was blind, but now I see. You know, you can go over and over and over and over and over. See, same thing. Does that mean if you serve God, your, your dishwasher is never going to go, go out? No. But I'm telling you that Yahweh promised, I believe, because we are not discerning the body, it makes us more prone to be sick. The reason I say it because the Bible says it. Does that mean we're sinners and all that? No. I'm just saying, we have to get, and I say we, we have to get our minds set upon this ideology that is the truth of this is God's house and this is God. And Yahshua is coming here. you got to have your mind changed and uproot all of those old ways of thinking. I talk to Yahweh all the time. I mean, all the time. About people having to be on medicine and people being sick and having in their bodies and all that. I'm like, I'm just... I never am ungrateful, I'm sure, not to do that because I have more to be grateful for than what's wrong. 
But I thought about the story of the widow who came to Yahshua. She was a Gentile. She came to Yahshua about her son. And Yahshua basically looked at her and said, Hey, look, you're a dog. Because the Jews thought that the Gentiles and other people were dogs. What they called them. You're a dog. What do I have to do with thee? My son. Would you heal my son? And she said, well, you're a dog. I come from the Jews. She said, well, even the dogs get the crumbs. And he's like, wow. I want to tell you what. That scripture right there is something that I'm holding, holding on to. Every day when I get up, I spend time with Yahweh, and I meditate, and I study, and I think, and I renew my mind, and I, I start my day off with, I don't let that negative stuff have, oh, get over. I'm not letting that happen. That's bull. My, my, my internal dialogue, no, he ain't going to bully me no more. You hear me? No. I'm gonna, that's a lie. I'm not so stupid that I can't tell when somebody's lying to me. And when I lie to myself through internal dialogue, I don't believe it just like I wouldn't if you came and told me something that was going to rip me off. I ain't doing that. And I thank God because he's been so good to me. If he never did another thing for me, I would not complain. But there's too much in the Bible that hasn't been fulfilled for me yet. Every day. I don't believe in repetitious praying. I don't think it's really good to pray in public. Even though, you know, Father God in heaven, Yahshua said, don't do it. I know we do it anyhow, because really we're not praying to God. We're trying to get a point across to you. Lord, we thank you for this time to, for the tithes and offering. We pray that we know that you're, you're going to get blessed if you give a lot of money to the church. And, you know, we kind of put our, our little tag in there. I never miss a day. Hey, 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 hey. My son! My son! My son, Yahweh! Hey, hey, hey! Even the dogs will get a crumb. I'm your son. My son has diabetes. Hey! 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 You'll see me driving down the road saying, Hey! Hey! People say, Hey! I literally have people drive by me. Hey, I'm not talking to you. Hey, hey, my son has diabetes. See, I can't live with that. You hear me? I can't live with it. I can live with it, but you know what I'm saying. And I don't think it's a God problem. I said, I don't think it's a God problem. I don't think God is just telling me, nah, I don't think I want to heal him. Nah, I don't think I want to. I think he's saying this. There is an order. And this is how I do things. Put your order in. Okay. I want to order a healing for Jonathan. Any way you want to do it. But I, you know, and I, I, almost, I almost negotiate it and I say this. And this, I'm talking real personal right now for your sake. I hope you can appreciate it. I say, okay, put my order in. Just like a waitress would. Okay. I'm going to have one healing for Jonathan. But I'll be okay even if you can just get his meds straightened out. I erase that. If I'm going to ask him to do something, I want the whole, the whole deal. Watch this. I got more, more than one son. I got the Koopy boy, too. I won't say aloud what I'm praying about you. Lord, let me be stronger than Josh. I'll still armbar you. I don't, I don't think I could do it now, son. I will pull a knife on you if I have to. Hey, watch this. Got any more sons? Yeah. Got two son-in-laws. They're not really in need of healing right now. 
Todd. Yahweh! Father! Father! I'm tired of him having to deal with physical issues. Joel. I know you're in there. You might as well open it up. Yahweh! Are y'all hearing me today? If that woman could nag Yahshua, and really that's not what she did. Let me tell you what she did. She had faith. I'm going to serve God no matter what else happens. Though he slay me, I'm serving God. Yahweh knows that. This ain't a matter of, if you don't do that, then I'm not going to serve you no more. You're not real. and you, I ain't, I'm way past that. Too much physical suffering. What's, what's going on here? Get my house in order, and it'll flow to you. I really don't have much need of healing because these medicines. Haggai chapter 1, verse 10, and verse 11. You always say, look, I will hold the dew, and the earth will hold its fruit. I will call for a drought on the land and on the grain and the wine. Just because we don't take care of his house, but only take care of ours. Boop, 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 boop. That, that just sent a signal up to me. I'm like, what? Let me tell you what will happen. Our people's businesses will fail. Their bank accounts will fail. Their savings will disappear. Everything that belongs to us will no longer be protected by Yahweh. Our health, our lives, our, our country, our business, all these things will just disappear. And I want to tell you why. Because people don't think it's important to go to church. As a matter of fact, you're talking, what do they call it? Uh, businesses that are... Important enough to stay open? What do they call that word? Huh? Essential. They don't think church is essential. You know, let me tell you why. Because Christians don't. Look around you today. Church ain't essential. It's just where we go. You know, okay, we're part of that. We, you know, they have their real life somewhere else. And I guarantee you, they ain't going to miss their damn yoga. They're not going to miss the gym. Let me tell you what happened. I go to the gym now, I lose 25 pounds and all that. A week later, I done gained 35. I'm like, why don't I just live and stay at, at 20? I know some people do it for health and all that. I'm not saying it's wrong. You hear what I'm saying? Whenever I buy myself something, I give something to God. Every time I buy something for me, I give something to God. Take effort to build his house first because this is a kingdom outpost in a pagan world. And we got to get our mind to understand yeah, this is where we're going to feel and know the corporate presence of God. To serve him, to put the gospel's needs first. When we do that, he's going to protect that which is ours, he's going to grant us fruit from our labor. He's going to give us the abundant life that everybody talks about, but nobody really lives. Think about it. Don't you consider this, that your calling doesn't just exist for us to just take care of ourselves. And as the Bible says, to have our own houses so they can be paneled. <laughs> I think God needs to update that word. Wow. 
Y'all got paneling in your house. Yeah, y'all know what I'm talking about. All the carpet and hardwood floors and fine furnishings. Yet the house of God's in a ruin. You know. So how do y'all like the grass, huh? What? I don't know what. Tell you what, you come to your house and one of those things out of order, you're like, hey, wait, somebody was here. What's going on here? Lori was telling me the other day about a, a car that ran through the yard and jumped up in the yard, went through the air, and landed, on, landed just like that on Dick's car trailer. God said, hey, could you bring that to my house? <laughs> Dick backed his truck up and took it over his house. He said, they came up there, something's different about our yard. Oh, my God, our yard, my yard. I up my yard, my grass. Wait, you're on my grass. Oh, my God, you're on my grass. I'm not just talking about you. Even though that did happen, happen recently. Oh, what do you Oh, no! You colored the, the grandkids, got the paint. I think this is one of the reasons we ain't walking in full blessing. You got to put God's first and understand a kingdom on earth mentality and put Him first with our money, our efforts, our serving. If we're too busy building up our own life. We're too busy building up and having our own hobbies or doing our own interests or you're having spending time with your own family and your own business or your own paneled house and you're all, all about us. But we forget to take care in building God's house physically, materially, and spiritually. I think we need to ask ourselves a question. I want to say one more thing in closing. Don't think for one minute that God is against you when you get rich. When I say rich, I really mean wealth. And don't you feel guilty about being healthy. And doing well. What you worry about is this. Don't forget to take care of Yahweh's house while you're building your own dream house. When we enjoy our lives and forget those in his house who are less fortunate. Because I know that my abundance isn't just for me. To hoard or to spend on just me. Don't forget when you're peaceful and you have plenty that you forget that you're... Forget to make sure your apostle is blessed. It's not become self-centered and selfish and care just about ourselves and not his house and not others in this ecclesia because there should be no lack among any of us here. God don't care how much you get, but our wrong attitudes and our self-ambitions is what gets on his nerves. Which I know that's a dumb analogy. Can we, in our journey and efforts to get our lives in order, House number one. House number two. Could we decide today that we're going to take care of God's house in just like the way we take care of our own house or better? Amen. Bye.